everybody, and welcome to the ViperCast. I'm Matt Dolly, and I am flying solo this week as Tara Roberts and Major Caldwell are on location elsewhere right now, taking care of fantasy football needs throughout the rest of the community. That being said, we are going to talk about some players that you have to start and some players you have to sit. We're going to go through our rankings, and of course, we're going to take your questions and talk about some news and notes. And we're going to start things off with those news and notes, starting with Aaron Rodgers' potential return from the injured reserve. Look, he was activated this week by the Jets to return to practice. That's it. He's coming back for practice. Now, I get it. Aaron Rodgers has kind of talked about everything that he's going to return, all his holistic medicine and everything else along the way as part of his recovery from this Achilles injury. But he's only 80-plus days out, give or take. And the bottom line is this Jets team is not very good right now. In fact, they're not going to make the playoffs. I hate to say it to you guys, the Jets will not make the playoffs, especially with Tim Boyle, Trevor Simeon, Zach Wilson, whoever it is under center, that is not going to happen. Now, if the Jets were smart, they would have made a move like the Minnesota Vikings did to bring in a Josh Dobbs. Maybe then, maybe then the Jets would have had a chance to bring Aaron Rodgers back. That being said, if there's an individual out there who's petty enough to come back from an injury, it's going to be Aaron Rodgers just to prove everyone wrong. But I do not see this Jets competing for a playoff spot. Therefore, Aaron Rodgers is not going to play this season. Now, some bye weeks that we need to worry about here for fantasy football purposes, the Baltimore Ravens, the Buffalo Bills, the Chicago Bears, the Las Vegas Raiders, the Minnesota Vikings, all those teams are on bye this week. So there's going to be a lot of questions about who you can trust this week because there's a lot of good players that aren't going to be available. And there's not a lot of good players available at the quarterback position if you're the Cleveland Browns or the New England Patriots. We're literally talking about Joe Flacco here potentially saving the Cleveland Browns season right now they're not going to have pj walker dorian thompson robinson he's out with a concussion well he's not officially out but it's trending that way as joe flacco was signed to their practice squad now he's on the main roster and it looks like he's probably in line to start this week meanwhile in new england Mac Jones has been benched four times this season, twice in the last two weeks and bailey zappi is taking first team reps there in new england with malik cunningham taking the backup role. That means Mac Jones is going to get that Zach Wilson treatment where he's been relegated to the third option in this quarterback room. I don't like this. It doesn't matter if it's Bailey Zappi, Mac Jones. I do not trust this New England Patriots passing offense. The only player I actually trust is Ramondre Stevenson. Perhaps the biggest news this week came on Thursday, and that was the Cardinals and Zach Ertz mutually parting ways with Arizona deciding to move forward with their own young tight end there in Trey McBride. Great news for McBride managers. This also gives Zach Ertz another opportunity to chase a ring, sign with a contender, and there are some options out there. Philadelphia Eagles automatically come to mind. The Baltimore Ravens could definitely use a tight end while Mark Andrews sits out. And, of course, the Miami Dolphins are running with, what, Durham Smith there and Mike Gusecki. So those all make plenty of sense there for tight ends, especially when we're looking at it from a fantasy lens. Now let's talk about those must-start players and must-sit players at the quarterback position. And I'm starting with Trevor Lawrence. He is a start this week. After a 32-point performance two weeks ago, Lawrence, he followed that up with a 26-point performance last week against the Houston Texans, where he threw for a touchdown, he ran for a touchdown, and he completed 23 of 38 passes for 364 yards. In his last two contests, Lawrence has been airing it out, averaging nine yards per attempt. Yes, I am feeling good about Trevor Lawrence this week. I also feel good about Brock Purdy. 
Only the Commanders have allowed more fantasy points this season to opposing quarterbacks than the Philadelphia Eagles have in the last four weeks. Now, the Eagles, they have surrendered nine passing touchdowns in that period there. And one thing that can lead from a great start to maybe a bad start here for Purdy is the fact that Purdy's fantasy production goes from 23.1 fantasy points per game at home to 15.2 fantasy points per game on the road. That is the difference of QB3 all the way down to QB22. So there is a little bit of a risk baked into Brock Purdy this week. But hey, this is also the Eagles team that has been giving it up all season long. So I feel pretty good about Purdy. Plus, this is kind of like that revenge game type narrative. The San Francisco 49ers felt that they were done wrong there last year in that NFC Championship. And if Brock Purdy would have been healthy, I think they believe that they would have won that game against the Eagles. Meanwhile, the Eagles, hey, they won that game fair and square. It is what it is. But 49er fans, they have to be wondering, what if Brock Purdy would have started and finished that game? Another quarterback that I feel pretty good about this week is going to be Sam Howell. He is a sleeper this week. I don't know if you could flat out start him. I got him at quarterback 11. I'll tell you about those other quarterbacks' rankings as we go on through the show here. But look, he has passed for at least 300 yards in four of his last five contests. He's attempted at least 42 passes in six straight games. And he's been below 19 fantasy points just once in the last five games. Miami, they've been better on defense there since Jalen Ramsey's return. Their points per game since week number eight has gone from 26 all the way down to 16. So we know that Miami has been shutting down teams here recently. But I just think there's too much volume to pass up when we're talking about Sam. Howell. A quarterback that I'm seeing this week is Kyler Murray versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh is allowing just 10.98 fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks over the last four weeks, and they've only allowed one quarterback to have more than 16.5 fantasy points since week number four. You're also sitting Matthew Stafford. He is going against the Cleveland Browns team that sits third when it comes to allowing the fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks this season. They're also 12th against running backs and first against opposing wide receivers. So there's a lot here to take in. And usually when a good offense meets a good defense, I'm going to take the side of that good defense. Stafford, again, he's coming off a four-touchdown performance against the Arizona Cardinals. Meanwhile, the Browns, they've allowed just 10 passing touchdowns all season long while picking off opposing quarterbacks on nine occasions. You're also sitting Kenny Pickett there. He has, what, one touchdown in his last six games combined with his maybe his best game yardage-wise last week. He only had 11.6 fantasy points. You can't say he's fixed and put him in your lineup. I don't care what Matt Canada did or did not do with this offense, but Kenny Pickett is not the answer. And you're also sitting Geno Smith. Dallas, they have allowed just five touchdowns in the last four weeks, and they have forced three interceptions. The Cowboys front, it has... The ability to get after the passer. And the Seattle Seahawks, they don't exactly disguise their run and pass. So when Seattle is calling a pass, everybody knows they're going to pass. If I know that, the Dallas Cowboys know that. And the last people you want to know are Micah Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence. If they know it's a pass, those ears are going to be pinned back. And it's going to be a hard time for this Seattle Seahawks offense to get going. Look for the Seattle to maybe slide a little bit more 12 personnel where they had a lot of success last season. They kind of got away from it this season, and we are seeing those offensive struggles so far. Now, one big popular question that I've been getting here a lot is for those guys who don't have an elite quarterback, who can you stream? Derek Carr, Baker Mayfield, Matt Stafford, or Garner Minshew? Hey, I'm all in on Garner Minshew this week against the Tennessee Titans. Look, the Titans have been one of those teams that you can throw the ball on. They're one of the weaker teams when it comes to opposing wide receivers in fantasy. Therefore, you know you're going to be able to throw the ball. 
They also have this thing in Indianapolis where they lost Jonathan Taylor. But Zach Moss, we know what he can do when he slides back into that lineup. So they're going to be able to run. They're going to be able to throw. So Garner Minshew is that one of those, one of those good streaming options here this week. Now, when we talk about on the top end of things, how would I rank guys like Trevor Lawrence, Patrick Mahomes, and C.J. Stroud? Well, I actually like Trevor Lawrence this week. I talked to you about what he's been doing, what he did last week, and what he's been doing the last two weeks here. And that gives him an advantage over a guy like Patrick Mahomes and C.J. Stroud. Now, I love C.J. Stroud. I think that game against the Denver Broncos is going to have a lot of offensive fireworks. He's still a top eight quarterback. Patrick Mahomes is still a top seven quarterback. So you're going to be comfortable sticking either one of those guys in your lineups. But when you're looking for maybe a little bit of an advantage, I give that to Trevor Lawrence. Now, when we look at my rankings at the quarterback position, it starts with Tua Tagovailoa versus the Washington Commanders. I'm a little bit higher on him than most people. I got him at number one. He's going around number three normally here per expert consensus. Tagovailoa is second in yards per game and passing grade, while sixth in completions, third in completion percentage, and fourth in yards. And he faces a Commanders team with no Chase Young, no Montez Sweat, and really no pass rush. They're also allowing 22.49 fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks over the last four weeks. We are now in week 13, and the Commanders have allowed 10, yes, 10 QB1 games this season. Miami and Tua are among the best when it comes to that deep ball, and the Commanders, well, they're the worst. Now, at number two for me is Dak Prescott. He comes in just ahead of Jalen Hurts, which is another popular question I've been getting. Jalen Hurts or Dak Prescott? Well, I'm going with Dak Prescott. Why? Since week five, no quarterback has been putting up this fantasy production that Dak Prescott has. And this is including that 7.3 point performance back in that week five contest. If you take that game out of the equation, then Prescott is averaging over 28 fantasy points per game over his last six contests. That's eight more fantasy points than the next closest quarterback, who happens to be Sam Howell. In the last five, he has three 300-yard games, and Prescott, he's been getting plenty of action down in that red zone. 26 red zone pass attempts over the last four weeks. That is going to add up to fantasy production. After Jalen Hurts is going to be Trevor Lawrence there at number four. Brock Purdy, he comes in at number five. Patrick Mahomes, C.J. Stroud, Justin Herbert, Jordan Love comes in at number nine, and Kyler Murray round out my top 10 this week. And yes, I know I said Kyler Murray's a sit. I just don't feel very good about some of these other quarterbacks. And number 11, Sam Howell. 12, Jared Goff. Number 13 is Russell Wilson, who happens to be a sneaky play this week against a Texans team that has allowed 1,200 yards passing here. And six touchdowns to quarterbacks over the last four weeks. In fact, they've allowed 23 or more fantasy points in four straight games to the quarterback position. At 14 is Gardner Minshew. 15 is Derek Carr. 16 is Baker Mayfield. So that kind of sums up what I talked about when we ranked those streaming type quarterbacks. 17, Matthew Stafford. 18, Kenny Pickett. 19, Geno Smith. And 20 is Will Levis. Now let's take a look at running backs this week. Who can you start? Who can you sit? Well, hey. I've got some good starts here, and it starts with my guy himself there, Bijan Robinson. Five yards per attempt. That's seventh amongst running backs. Yards after contact per attempt, 3.15. That's 11th. 16.3% of his runs have gone for 10-plus yards. That's the fourth most. His missed tackles force per attempt, 24.1%. That is seventh. The New York Jets defense is allowing the second most rushing yards per game at 140. 
that come to these teams that are playing here in week number 13. Robinson has 38 rushing attempts and eight targets over his last two games. He's averaging about 23 opportunities per game. He's going to be a top 12 running back, no matter how you want to look at it, especially against this Jets team that has been giving it up to the running back position. Another running back I love, it's Rashad White. Why, why do not people start to realize how good Rashad White really is? He's coming off a 100-yard performance which happened to be one of his worst fantasy weeks that he's had recently, and he's facing a Carolina Panthers team that is not very good against the run. Don't overthink this. Rashad White is firmly in RB1 this week. He's not a flex. He's not an RB2. He's an RB1. Carolina has yielded the most rushing touchdowns, the sixth most rushing yards, and the third most fantasy points per game to running backs this season. You're also starting Tony Pollard this week. Look, the Seahawks, they've allowed about 5.3 yards per attempt here, per carry this season, and the second most rushing yards. They've also allowed six rushing touchdowns, which happens to be the most in the league, two backs since week number eight. Another back you can start is Ramondre Stevenson. On the season, the Chargers are allowing the ninth most fantasy points, two backs, and all over the last four weeks, that number is 26-plus fantasy points per game, which happens to be the fifth most. Opportunities matter. And against the Giants, Stevenson had 26 carries and targets to Ezekiel Elliott's 11. So, yes, there's one player on this Patriots team I trust. It's Stevenson. I'm also starting Zach Moss because the last time that we saw him play the Titans, a Titans team that has historically been good against the run, he produced more than 33 fantasy points in that game. And we know Taylor's out for the next two to three weeks. So it's time to put your faith back into the hands of Zach Moss. A rolling stone gathers no moss. Well, Zach Moss, he's going to find himself in the end zone at least once this week. Another start I have for me, if you want to go a little bit deeper, it's Najee Harris, the Pittsburgh Steelers, going against the Arizona Cardinals. Harris has produced at least 15.6 fantasy points per game in four of his last six contests. He faces this Cardinals team that has allowed six touchdowns and nearly 700 yards total, two backs, over the last four weeks, which works out to roughly 31.03 fantasy points, which happens to be the second most yielded to running backs over that period of time. Now we talk about sits. I've got some sits at the running back position here. Some guys that kind of scare me here a little bit. And it starts with Joe Mixon. He's probably has the biggest bust potential here this week. Eight carries, 16 yards without Joe Burrow last week. That's not good. That doesn't exactly exude some kind of confidence in me as I'm going against a Jaguars team that is allowing the 12 fewest fantasy points to opposing backs in the last four weeks. And they haven't allowed a touchdown since way back in week number six. Now, the good news is Mixon was involved in the passing game, but just that's just not enough for me to bring him up any higher than a top 20 running back because I don't have him in my top 20. We'll talk about those guys here in just a second. Another sit for me is Javante Williams. Houston has allowed six backs this season to catch at least four passes. So you'd think, hey, Javante Williams, he's a running back. He can catch passes. Not so fast. He's not the pass-catching back for this Broncos team. It's Samaje Pirine. 16 receptions he has, not Javante Williams, over the last five games. We also watched both Samaje Pirine and Russell Wilson basically vulture touchdowns away from Javante Williams last week, while Williams has been held under 10 fantasy points in each of the last two games. I'm also sitting Brian Robinson, and this one hurts me. Anyone who knows me knows that Brian Robinson is kind of like a son to me here when it comes to fantasy football. I love him. I love everything about him. However, this feels like a bad game script developing early on. 
We saw Antonio Gibson return here last week and take away some of those valuable touches away from Robinson. Miami has been one of the best defenses since the return of Jalen Ramsey. I talked about that, 26 points down to 16 since week number eight. Miami, they're going to force the commanders to abandon the run game and become one-dimensional. And you know what? That's not usually a bad thing because Brian Robinson can catch passes. However, with Antonio Gibson there, those pass-catching opportunities kind of slide on over to Antonio Gibson's side when we talk about this fantasy football world that we live in. Over the last four weeks, the Dolphins have yielded less than 200 rushing yards on the ground there and no touchdowns. So for me, Brian Robinson, he's coming in behind the guys like Joe Mixon, Jay Warren there, Javante Williams, James Conner. He slides down there. He's at my RB25. Now, one more sit for you. Sure. How about Dylan? A.J. Dillon. He's technically a starting running back, but he's a guy I don't trust. Even if Aaron Jones is going to miss more time, Aaron Jones hasn't officially been ruled out, but we can pretty much count on him not being available. What's the most you're going to get from A.J. Dillon is maybe a 10-point fantasy performance. And that is difficult to do when you're playing against a Chiefs team that's only allowing 19 fantasy points to running backs this season over the last four games. Now, one guy that kind of has me on the my edge of the seat here where I'm not too sure where to kind of feel for him. And it's kind of my buyer beware this week. I'm not going to say he's going to have a bad week, but I'm just being cautiously optimistic or cautiously pessimistic, depending on which way you want to look at it. And that is Kyron Williams versus the Cleveland Browns. I have him about seven spots lower than the consensus does currently. And you know what? Last week I said he was a sit. I was wrong. Coming off the IR, all he did was go out there and become the RB1, ran for 143 yards, caught six passes for 61 yards, had two receiving touchdowns, but that was against that Arizona Cardinals team that is allowing the second most fantasy points to the position this season. Cleveland, they're allowing the eighth fewest over the last four weeks and less than 19 fantasy points per game. So for that, I'm out when it comes to Kyron Williams. He's still a solid flex play there. We got some options out there. I've got him a little bit higher in my rankings. He's still a top 12 running back, but I'm just, there's other backs I trust just a little bit more. Now, when we talk about these running backs, at number one for me, it's Christian McCaffrey. Number two, Alvin Kamara. Number three is Bijan Robinson. Number four, Travis Etienne. We talked about number five and six. It's Rashad White and Tony Pollard. And number seven for me is Austin Eckler, followed by Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry and this Tennessee Titans team, they're suddenly back in the playoff thick of things here. Henry has played actually pretty good over his last five home games there. 539 rushing yards, five touchdowns. And the, hey, we can't argue with the production because these have led to victories for the Titans. He has 12-plus opportunities in every game but one this season. And the thing is, he's facing a Colts team that just recently cut Shaq Leonard. So I feel pretty good about Derrick Henry having another good week this week. That's why he's in my top 10. At number 9 is Ramondre Stevenson. At number 10, it's going to be Zach Moss. Number 11 is David Montgomery. I got him over Jameer Gibbs because I think the rushing opportunity here in down in the red zone is going to belong to David Montgomery. At number 12, it's Kyron Williams. At number 13, Jameer Gibbs. So I'm not too far below on him, but he is below David Montgomery this week for me. At number 14, it's Isaiah Pacheco followed by Raheem Mostert. Number 16, Najee Harris. Number 17, I have DeAndre Swift followed by... Devin Singletary, who happens to be a sleeper this week, even with the return of Damian Pierce, who, by the way, has done nothing all season, Singletary still had 13.2 fantasy points last week. Pierce, he played less than 20% of the snaps. And while Denver has been better as of late, they are still allowing the 15th most fantasy points to running backs over the last four weeks. And over the season, no matter how you want to look at it, they've still allowed the most fantasy points to running backs. So I feel good about Devin Singletary here in this spot. Number 19, Zach Charbonnet. Number 20 is Brees Hall. 
21. Here it is, Joe Mixon, 22. Jalen Warren, number 23. Javante Williams, 24, is James Conner. And number 25, we talked about Brian Robinson already. 26 goes to Jerome Ford. 27 is A.J. Dillon. 28 is Devin Achan. I want to see him get into a game and stay into a game before I actually trust him in my lineups. Number 29 is Chuba Hubbard, followed by Kareem Hunt, Miles Sanders, Tyler Algier, Antonio Gibson, Tajay Spears, Damian Pierce, and number 36 is Samaje Pirine. So let's take a look at some of those questions you had when it comes to the running back position here in week number 13. And it starts with one of my favorite questions, Stevenson, Gibbs, Moss, or Kyron Williams. Which one sits? Hey, Stevenson, Moss, Kyron Williams, they are all in my lineup because they are going to get the volume that Gibbs does not get. Gibbs is explosive. He's going to make the most of his opportunities, but he is still splitting touches with Jameer, uh, David Montgomery, no matter how you want to look at it. Now, a running back, one question came in here, a running back needy team there. He got two offers. Send Nico Collins for Raheem Mostert or send Nico Collins and Zach Charbonnet for Stevenson and Reed. And I love Jalen Reed here. Don't get me wrong. Reed is one of my favorite guys out there, but you need a running back. So why are we trading away a running back? So for me, if I'm going to trade Nico Collins, it's going to be for just a running back. I'm not including Zach Charbonnet here. So I'm going to go with Nico Collins for Raheem Mostert. I'll take the Raheem Mostert here in this case. I love myself some Nico Collins, but if I need a running back, I'm okay going with just Mostert here. Uh, Sit Hall over Stevenson, Moss, and Montgomery. Yes. Look, you heard my rankings, how I have them in that order. Hall kind of scares me because I don't know what to expect from this Jets team, especially with Tim Boyle under center. And there was opportunities last week for Hall to have some good production. It just never materialized. Another popular question, it comes on the back end of the RB2 spectrum there. James Conner or Javante Williams? And I'm going to give the slight edge here. I know I have Javante Williams a little bit ahead in my rankings, I think I might actually go with James Conner here simply because I know Williams is going to lose opportunities to a guy like Samaje Piran in the passing game. Possibly even McLaughlin's going to play a factor here for the Denver Broncos. James Conner is going to be that guy, even in a tough matchup against the Pittsburgh Steelers. So for me, I'm probably going to go with James Conner, and I may have to reevaluate how I have my rankings this week. Now, another question, full PPR trade question. I was just offered Devontae Adams for Brian Robinson. I would be left with Brees Hall, Jerome Ford, Tajay Spears, and Tyler Algier at running back. But I would have Stephon Diggs, uh, Jalen Warren, Debo Samuel, Devontae Adams in this case now, and Rasheed Rice at wide receiver with the possibility of flipping one of those wide receivers for a running back a little later on. Here's what my thoughts. I like this. You know what? Personally, I'd rather have Devontae Adams over Brian Robinson but in your situation, I would look at this like you're already strong at wide receiver. Taking away Brian Robinson from your running backs leaves you with Brees Hall and Jerome Ford, two guys I don't have a whole lot of trust in moving forward. So here I'd probably keep Brian Robinson unless I can go up there and flip a guy like Debo Samuel for a top-end type running back here, someone I could trust a little bit more, maybe a Tony Pollard, maybe Rashad White. Maybe an Austin Eckler, Derrick Henry type guy, but you need to have a running back lined up before you can even make this deal by trading away a running back. You have too much of a need at running back to go out there and make the play here for the best player available. Another question, desperate for a running back here, Damian Pierce or Tajay Spears? I'm going to go with Tajay Spears here because I think there's more upside in him. I just mentioned that Pierce had less than 20% of the snaps last week. Tajay Spears is one of those guys who is going to get involved in the passing game for this Titans team. Derrick Henry, he's going to go out there and do what he does, but he hasn't had the same volume he has in the past. So for me, if I'm looking for a desperate play here, I'm going to go with the upside of Tajay Spears. One more running back question for you. 
Uh, who was the best running back stash of these players? Ty Chandler, Tyler Algier, Elijah Mitchell, or D. Ernest Johnson? Currently, I'm starting David Montgomery and Javante Williams with P. Ryan as a handcuff. If I'm looking at this, his best handcuff is, I'm looking for the player who's going to have the biggest impact in fantasy if he gets the opportunity to get in the game. And that is Tyler Algier. First off, I don't know what Arthur Smith is going to do each and every week. It should be a Bijan Robinson, 85% of the snaps. That's what it should be, but that's not what it has been. So for me, Tyler Algier is still going to get some standalone value right now. But if Bijan Robinson were to go down, Tyler Algier, he shoots up there. We saw what he did last season when given an opportunity to do so, which kind of made the whole Atlanta Falcons draft to Bijan Robinson kind of puzzling there at the draft tier last at the beginning of the season. So for me, I'm going to go with Tyler Algier as being the better stash of the names presented. Now, moving along to the wide receivers, let's talk about the starts and sits that I have right there. And you're starting, my man, Michael Pittman. He's about as close to a must-start every week as Tyreek Hill. Yes, I use Michael Pittman and Tyreek Hill in the same breath, in the same sentence. But listen, the numbers back it up. 97% snap share, 27.9% targets per route run. 10-plus fantasy points in every single damn game. You're getting a floor of 10 fantasy points here, no matter how you want to look at it. In Tennessee, they're allowing 37.9 fantasy points per game this season. If you want to go deeper, Josh Downs is another nice option here because you can throw on this Tennessee Titans team. But listen, Michael Pittman is that guy. Top seven wide receiver, rest of the season. Plug him into your starting lineup and don't worry about it. Mike Evans is another start this week as he comes into this contest against the Carolina Panthers, just 150 yards shy of extending his own record of 1,000-yard seasons to start his career at 10. Yes, 10 consecutive 1,000-yard seasons for Mike Evans, and yet we still don't give him the respect that he deserves. He's been one of the top wide receivers this year. There's only a handful of guys with 1,000 yards right now. Mike Evans has an opportunity to get into that cap, that tier this week against the Carolina Panthers team. That's not very good. And we know the Tampa Bay Buccaneers love to throw the ball. They can't run the ball. I mean, they can use that short passing game as an extension, which they have with Rashad White. But we know Baker Mayfield has eyes for Mike Evans, which kind of hurts for Chris Godwin. But he loves himself some Mike Evans, and I love some Mike Evans this week too. Debo Samuel's another start. Philadelphia has allowed more than 46 fantasy points per game to wide receivers this season. And more than 50 fantasy points if you want to look at just the last four weeks. Both Gabe Davis and Stephon Diggs, yes, that Gabe Davis, the one I absolutely refuse to start, they both were in the top 20 when it came to fantasy wide receivers last week against this Eagles secondary. They both had at least six receptions. They both produced at least 70 yards. What do you think Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk are going to do? You can book both those guys in for at least 70 yards and at least six, seven touchdowns, which are six, seven touchdowns, six or seven receptions, which should put them squarely in top wide receiver consideration here for week number 13. I'm also going to be starting Kelvin Ridley. Hey, the mathematical formula for fantasy is actually pretty easy when we're looking at Calvin Ridley. If Zay Jones is playing, you start Calvin Ridley. In four of the last five games in which Zay Jones and Calvin Ridley have both been active and on the field, Ridley has at least five receptions and 89 yards receiving while seeing at least six targets in each of those contests. In the last two contests, Ridley has accounted for 12 catches and 192 yards. I'm riding the hot hand here in Calvin Ridley. 
I'm also keeping up with Cortland Sutton's hot hand here. Last year against the Houston Texans, Sutton had 122 yards on seven receptions. This season, he comes home once again after scoring a touchdown in five of the last six contests while posting at least 14 and a half fantasy points in four straight games, making five straight games here this week. I'm also starting Nico Collins. That's right. Nico Collins. I know I said, hey, it's okay to trade him to get a running back, but you can also start him this week if you want. Let's not forget about him, right? Tank Dell is overshadowing uh, Nico Collins here recently. I'm not as worried about this. I'm not even as worried about Patrick Satane uh, being a bad man because Patrick Satane is a bad man. He's one of the best cover corners in the league. But Collins, hey, let's put some respect on his name while, while we're at it. He's a bad man himself too. 13 and a half fantasy points in three straight games. And yet we don't talk about it because of what Tank Dell has been doing. And if you look at the last two games for Nico Collins, both of them against, I mean, we're talking about Jacksonville here in Arizona, 14 catches on 20 targets. This game, I talked about this, it's going to be explosive. It's going to be more offensive than people think it's going to be. And I think you could start both Nico Collins and Tank Dell and feel pretty good about that. I'm also starting Deontay Johnson. Since he came back from that hamstring injury, Johnson, he's basically been the number one wide receiver in Pittsburgh. Well, that's not saying a whole heck of a lot because it doesn't take much to be that number one receiver in Pittsburgh. But this offense, he's been targeted 25% of the time. He's got a 28% target share. He's got a 33% end zone target share to go along with an elite 93% route rate. That, that's all good. We know Johnson is going to be on the field. We know he's going to be targeted. That's going to lead to those opportunities. Last week, in a, in a week that I probably rather forget, he was still targeted eight times last week. He just missed out on a 15-yard touchdown reception. And everyone wants to talk about that fumble or his lack of effort at going after the fumble, but he had a pretty good game that makes me feel pretty good moving forward. Let's talk about a couple quick sleepers here. A.T. Perry versus Detroit. Chris Olave, he's in concussion protocol. Rasheed Rice, he's got that quad injury. Michael Thomas, he's on the IR. And Detroit has allowed the seven most fantasy points, 37.57, two wide receivers over the last uh, four weeks. A.T. Perry, if you're looking for a guy, could be that guy for you. And my last kind of sleeper here is Greg Dorch. Michael Wilson, he is trending towards being out again this week. He missed practice on Wednesday, meaning Greg Dorch is going to continue to be able to produce in his absence. Since Dorch uh, has taken over for Michael Wilson there, he has nine catches, 17 targets, 103 yards in just two games. Now look at those wide receivers that I don't feel so good about, and it starts with DK Metcalf. I still have him at wide receiver 21 this week, but Dallas is giving up the third fewest yards and the fifth fewest fantasy points per game to wide receivers this season. They've allowed the fifth fewest yards to wide receivers who line up on the outside, the sixth fewest yards to wide receivers who line up in the slot. So basically, no matter where you go, you're not going to produce. Not Metcalf, not Lockett, not Jackson Smith and Jigba here on Thursday Night Football. Like I said, Seattle needs to shift back to that 12 personnel to keep teams guessing on what they're going to do if they're going to have any success in this passing game, in my humble opinion. I'm also humbly sitting Christian Watson. Hey, don't go chasing waterfalls. Don't go chasing the fantasy points. Christian Watson coming off his best game of the season now faces Trent McDuffie and Legereus Sneed, who are one of the best cornerback duels in the entire league. And a major reason why the Chiefs, they are eighth over the last four weeks when it comes to fantasy points allowed to the wide receiver position. Maybe the biggest bust potential, it comes with Cooper Cup because of name value alone. Cup 
He was hobbling around last week on the field. I saw that, and that did not exactly inspire confidence in me to start him here. I'm 10 spots lower than him than the expert consensus currently has him as. And when are we going to stop giving this guy a pass because of what he did last season? Let's look at what he's done this season. Yes, he's been hurt. I get that. But he's now had less than seven fantasy points in five straight games. You can't put that into your lineup, people. Don't do it. Sit him. You're also going to sit Drake London against the New York Jets. It's bad enough that Desmond Ritter is your quarterback. It's even worse when Desmond Ritter is on the road facing a New York Jets team with Sauce Gardner, DJ Reed, Michael Carter, and a secondary that is allowing the second fewest fantasy points to wide receivers this season. Yes, you are fading Drake London unless you're absolute desperate and you need someone else. Another wide receiver that I'm sitting, Amari Cooper. The only thing that could save Amari Cooper is an elite quarterback. Now, let me quickly answer some of these wide receiver questions people have. Puka Nakua, Garrett Wilson, Josh Downs, and Drake London need one in PPR, must win, and need some upside along with that floor. So Downs has the best upside here, in my opinion, but I'm also thinking he's got a low floor. I don't trust Drake London this week. Puka Nakua is all over the place, and it's a tough matchup. I'm going with Garrett Wilson. I know what that floor is going to be. He is going to be heavily targeted, no matter how you want to look at it. We just talked about a bad matchup for um, uh, Drake London there against the Jets. Well, Yes, the Falcons have been good against wide receivers this season, but I think there's too much volume to simply pass up. Uh, second question, DK Metcalf, Reed, or Brown as my wide receiver too? I'm going Hollywood here, people. Yes, I know Brown has let you down here the last few weeks, but what can Brown do for you this week? I think that scoring a touchdown, yes, scoring a touchdown, I have him much higher than the consensus does against a Pittsburgh Steelers team that's pretty good against tight ends. So for me, this is one of those games where Kyler Murray is going to be looking for Hollywood Brown, and this is the week, people. This is the week everything starts clicking again. Question number three, DK Metcalf or Josh Downs? This is a lot closer than people think. Right now, I've got it as DK Metcalf higher in my rankings, but I've got his, it's because of that safer floor. I think Metcalf has an opportunity to have a boom-bust play here, but I don't trust Metcalf. I'm going to go with him here because I just like his floor a little bit more than Josh Downs. And finally, Deontay Johnson or Drake London. This is Deontay Johnson every day of the week and twice on Sundays. Well, guess what? They play on Sunday, so I'm going easily Deontay Johnson over Drake London. I don't like the matchup for Drake London. Meanwhile, Deontay Johnson against the Arizona Cardinals, you should feel pretty good about that. And finally, let's talk tight ends. Who am I starting and who am I sitting? Well, hey, I am starting Evan Ingram against the Cincinnati Bengals, who are allowing the 10th most fantasy points to tight ends over the last four weeks, the third most to the position this season. They're allowing over 15 fantasy points per contest. Ingram, he has seen at least seven or more targets in nine of 11 games this season, so the opportunities are going to be there. Yeah, sure, he doesn't have a touchdown this season, but look, it's going to happen this week because the Bengals not only – are they giving up fancy points? They're allowing tight ends to catch the ball. Tight ends are averaging six receptions per game. Book it right now. Bold prediction if you want to call it. Evan Ingram finds the end zone this week. Start Taysom Hill. With all these Saints passing options hurt, Taysom Hill becomes like the de facto number one option here. I don't like the dude. I don't like what's going on. But the dude is out there mossing grown-ass men. It is what it is. Start Taysom Hill. You're also starting Dalton Schultz. Yes, he let you down. He hurt you last week. But you can't let your feelings get in the way of a fantasy championship run here. Denver, their defense has been as good as anyone of late, but they have been susceptible to tight ends this season, allowing nearly 19 fantasy points per game over the last four weeks, and that is the fourth most. 
Trey McBride, hey, volume matters here. 25 targets in the last three games since Murray has returned. Pittsburgh, they're good at defending tight ends, but the volume, that's a big play for me this week. If you're looking for a sleeper, how about Kate Otten, who has eight and a half or more fantasy points in five straight games? Yes, Kate on from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Carolina, they've allowed at least eight or more fantasy points to tight ends on six separate occasions this year. So math here is pretty simple. Let's give Otten rule. Let's go at least eight fantasy points here in week 13. How about a tight end? I'm sitting. Hey, I'm still fading Kyle Pitts hard. Less than 50 yards receiving in like five straight games. Five receptions, 52 yards over the last two weeks. You can't trust him. I don't care what this Jets team had done. They were giving up touchdowns early on. That's why they're a little bit higher up. We're talking about fantasy points allowed to the tight end position. They've been good as of late, and I'm fading Pitts big time. And I'm also sitting out Tyler Higby. Two touchdowns last week. Everyone's rejoicing about Tyler Higby scoring two touchdowns. Five receptions. Hey, that's good too. Five receptions. That's great. 29 yards. Five catches, 29 yards. Get rid of those touchdowns. This is not a good fast week for a tight end. So once again, Higby here with his 29 yards receiving last week, he failed to produce 30 or more yards for the sixth time in the last seven games. If you're not going to get at least 50 yards from a tight end, why start him in the first place? Now let's talk about some of these questions that have come up uh, recently here that I've been asked. McBride or Ferguson, what are my thoughts? My thoughts are you can't really go wrong with either one of these tight ends. They're, Ferguson, he is being targeted in the red zone by Dak Prescott. That's not going away. McBride's being targeted all over the field. We talked about 25 targets over the last three weeks. That's not going away, especially with the fact that we're here at Zach Ertz. He's on his way out of Arizona. That means this is McBride's job to lose, whatever you want to call it. It's McBride and Rye time there in the desert. So let's look at how... The, their opponents this week have defended tight ends. Seattle, they're allowing 10.65 fantasy points to tight ends. Meanwhile, Pittsburgh, 9.75 on the season. Over the last four weeks, Seattle has allowed 12.2, while Pittsburgh has allowed just 3.28. Again, this is close. And when I'm talking about close, when we talk about two players that are this close in the rankings and what have you, I'm going to go with a player that's not playing on Thursday Night Football. So I'm going to go with Trey McBride between these two. Uh, PPR, uh, Gerald Everett, Kate Otten, uh, Chica Conquil or Jawan Johnson. I would rank them as Otten, Johnson, Conquil, Everett. I don't trust Everett. Everett is a matchup-based kind of guy. I'm out on Everett. Uh, Conquil, nice story. He should be able to go do something. It is what it is. I know what I'm going to get from Kate Otten. I'm going to get eight fantasy points no matter how you want to look at it. Jawan Johnson could be an interesting player because we talked about Taysom Hill being so high up in the rankings because there's no wide receivers available left in New Orleans. So Jawan Johnson could be that guy that the Derek Carr is targeting if the Saints can get down in the red zone there. And Jawan Johnson has some serious touchdown potential. For me, he comes in number two. He's got a little bit more upside than Kate Otten, but Otten has that safer floor. So quickly to recap the wide receiver rankings and the tight end rankings. At number one at the wide receiver position is Tyreek Hill, followed by CeeDee Lamb, Keenan Allen, Amonra St. Brown, and A.J. Brown to round off the top five. Six through ten, it's Michael Pittman, Mike Evans, Debo Samuel, Jalen Warren, and Tank Dell. Eleven is Calvin Ridley. Twelve is Brandon Ayuk. Devontae Smith comes in at 13. Puka Nakua at 14. Again, higher than most on him. Number 15, Jamar Chase. 16 through 20 is Cortland Sutton, Marquise Brown, Christian Kirk, Garrett Wilson, and Nico Collins. 21 uh, through 25 is DK Metcalf, DeAndre Hopkins, Terry McLaren, Rasheed Rice at 24, and 25 is Deontay Johnson, who, you know what, I feel pretty good about this week. 26 through 30, Tyler Lockett, Christian Watson, Adam Thielen, George Pickens, and Cooper Cup. 
And then rounded up 31 through 50. It goes like this. Chris Olave, he's got that concussion. If he passes concussion protocol, he could certainly shoot up these rankings into top 20 consideration. However, it has been rare for a guy to have a concussion and pass a protocol to play the next week so far this season. At 32 is Chris Godwin. 33, Drake London. 34, 35 is Brandon Cooks and Josh Downs. 36, Jahan Dotson, 37, Jaden Reed, 38, Demario Douglas, 39, Amari Cooper, 40, Jackson Smith, and Jigba, 41, Curtis Samuel, 42, Jerry Judy, 43, Romeo Dobbs. Another questionable guy here at number 44 is Rashid Shaheed. Again, make sure we're following those injury reports. At 45, Jonathan Mingo, 46, Tyler Boyd, 47, A.T. Perry, followed by Alec Pierce, Rondell Moore, and Greg Dorch. At tight end, it's Travis Kelsey and everybody else. Two is George Kittle. Three is Sam Laporta. Four and five is Evan Ingram and Taysom Hill. Six and seven, Dalton Schultz, David Njoku. Eight is Trey McBride. Nine is Pat Fairmuth. Ten is Jake Ferguson. Eleven, Kate Otten. Twelve, Logan Thomas. Thirteen is Jawan Johnson. Fourteen, Kyle Pitts. If you have to put him out there, you got to put him out there. Fifteen, Hunter Henry. Sixteen, Chigaconquo. Seventeen, Tucker Craft. Eighteen, Jonah Smith. Nineteen, Gerald Everett. And number 20, Tyler Higby. And because I'm doing rankings here, I'm going to give you all my rankings, including the DST here, starting with the Dallas Cowboys versus Seattle Seahawks. Number two is the Miami Dolphins. Three is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Four, don't get cute, it's the Kansas City Chiefs. Five, likewise with the Cleveland Browns. Six is my top streaming option this week. It's the Los Angeles Rams. Number seven, another streamer, Atlanta. Number eight is the San Francisco 49ers, followed by the Indianapolis Colts, the New York Jets, and the Denver Broncos. At number 12, it's the Jacksonville Jaguars. 13, the Los Angeles Chargers against the New England Patriots. Number 14, 15, and 16, Tampa Bay, New Orleans, and Philadelphia. You want kicker rankings? Hey, I got your kicker rankings right here. Brandon Aubrey comes in number one for the Dallas Cowboys. Number two, Harrison Butker. Number three, Brandon McManus of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Number four, Jake Elliott. Number five, Riley Peterson. Number six, Blake Groupie. Number seven, Jake Moody. Number eight, Matt Gay. Number nine, Cameron Dicker. Number 10, Jason Sand. Number 11, Koo. Number 12, Boswell. 13, 14, 15, Prater, Lutz, Folk. Now, some injuries here to keep our eye on here as the week goes because things can change in a hurry as of Wednesday. A.J. Dillon, groin injury, did not practice. Aaron Jones, knee, did not practice. I expect Dillon to play. Jones, not so much. Demario Douglas, he is going through the concussion protocol, as is Chris Olave. They were limited and did not practice themselves. Kevin chain. Knee limited. No Brown limited. A.J. Brown with a thigh. He was limited. Expect him to play. DeAndre Swift ankle limited. I expect him to play as well. Devonta Smith, guess what? Limited and expected to play with that knee injury. Aaron Rodgers, he ain't coming back. Um, we also had Tyreek Hill. Did not practice there on Wednesday because of an ankle injury. Raheem Mostert's dealing with an ankle and knee. Did not practice as well. Trey McBride, groin injury on Wednesday. DNP, as was Keenan Allen with a quad. Rashid Shaheed again with that thigh quad injury. Dorian Thompson-Robinson in the concussion protocol did not practice, nor did Amari Cooper, Kareem Hunt, Tank Dell, or Dalton Schultz. Now, I expect Cooper, Hunt, Dell, Schultz, them all to play. Dorian Thompson-Robinson, I don't expect him to play, but everyone else I feel good about. With that all being said, thank you for tuning in to the Dynasty Vipers Viper cast here. Starts and sits, rankings. We got to your questions. We got you covered for everything you could possibly need. You got more questions? Drop them in the comments below, and we will get to them. I'm Matt Donnelly for Tara Roberts for Major Caldwell. This has been another episode of the Dynasty Vipers Vipercast, and we will see you next week.